In the podcast form, you've got listener. Thank you for getting it. L-I-S-T-N-R. And you can catch up every single day with the daily Flan Alley and Spider podcast. Yeah. And Spider not here. And uh, really, to be honest, did we miss him? Um, his physical we, presence. Yeah, we did, Absolutely. Yeah. The Longfellow is at the moment him. traveling the length of India in yes. a tuk-tuk. Yes. A tuk-tuk is not unlike a golf cart, really. Yeah, that's right. But it's smaller. And the first photograph I saw of him hopping into it, his knees reached the front of the vehicle. He's not going to be comfortable for 3,500 k. No, and he's, <laughs> he's crammed in there with two of his mates. Yeah. It's hilarious. Look, I must admit, and I, I not to, you know, sound doomy, but, yeah, I was a bit concerned about him going over. It's extreme. Absolutely, because... Well, I mean, we heard today on the show about all the um, traffic and it is mental. And even though you might be risk-averse and be careful and, you know, do as, do what you can, you're exposed to all of these other crazy drivers that happen in a lot of these overseas mm. countries that don't have the same order that we do on well, the roads. Well, here's something for you, Flan and yeah. Ali. What's the most extreme trip you've ever done? Now, I mean, oh, it, it wow. wouldn't, wouldn't match, obviously. <laughs> took took from one end of India to the other end. Mm. Is there uh, you know any kind well, of where you've where you've actually been really worried about your safety? Like, oh, yeah, is a bit well, of an area. You have a yeah. think, Ali. I got a short one. Mm. Yeah, I was in Canada, um, and I broke one of my sister's dolls, and I was so worried about it that I ran away. <laughs> and I decided I was going to make two Vegemite and cheese sandwiches and just take off. <laughs> and I jumped out of my second story window into about four feet of snow. Got to the end of the uh, service alley, sat down, ate my sandwiches and went, ah, okay, <laughs> I'm out of food. Uh, Better turn around. And I had to go and knock on the door to let get, get let back in. It was about minus five degrees. <laughs> How <laughs> old were you? I was 10. Oh, man. 10. Mm. So that was my most extreme trip. I went about 800 metres. Yeah, yeah. But it was in Canada. In minus five degrees. It was terrifying, actually. Yeah. Look, I, I don't think I've ever been really... Frightened for my thirtieth, a uh, very my one of my very dear friends. I call her my wife, Caro. Yeah, and I we did uh, four and a half weeks, five weeks, and we sort of went to a whole bunch of different countries. And we spent Christmas in a place called Morzine, which is in the the French Alps. It's kind of where the French, Swiss, and Italian Alps all join. Oh, that's where you have to ski with your passport on you. Well, I can't remember. Like, well, literally we, on one side of the hill is France, one's Austria, yes. one's Switzerland. Yeah. Well, oh, we wow. were in France. But on the way there, we did go through Switzerland yep. and so Geneva. And okay. we had no idea, we had no plans for that night. And so it was it was pretty late at night. It was about, I don't know, 8 o'clock and we thought, let's go for a wander and try and find some food. And we really had no idea where we were going, what we were doing. And we happened upon this, um, this restaurant, had no idea what country it was. <laughs> and we just walked in. And the people gave us the menu, could not read anything, obviously. Oh, perfect. And we just sort of looked at them and went, put our hands up in the air as if to say, we've got no effing idea what we're doing. Just, you know, bring some food. And I I think it might have even been like Ethiopian food or something like that. It was the most delicious food ever. Mm, It was so nice. So, I mean, that was an adventure, that's for sure. But probably the stupidest thing I ever did was in Hawaii. In 1993, I went over there uh, for a little sort of, you know, excuse yeah. touch footy carnival. It was really just an excuse to go over and, and get, a junket. Get, get amongst it. Yeah. So a friend and I, we were hanging out, at, oh, we were just outside this burger joint late one night 
and there were a bunch of guys and they were in this convertible and they were like, hey, you want to come for a drive? Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And we, we were like, Please tell me yeah, we do. Oh, no. How stupid. I know. Allie. We got in this car. <laughs> and we were like thinking we're going to have a little short joy, joy ride. Yes. Well, no. I mean, they took us to their, they were like army cadets or something. Took us back to their base. Oh. Yeah, not, nothing obviously happened. No. But on the way there, I was thinking this was not a smart idea. Yeah, the yeah. dumbest thing I've ever done, I think, ever. Ever? Yes. yes. And obviously everything was fine. Don't we had a fun the, time. Yeah, but it was that. the most stupid thing I could have ever done. So It's interesting that you went to that Ethiopian restaurant because I went to one in Sydney once mm-hmm. and you're right. It was. I mean, we waited a long time for food yep. at, at that restaurant. but. Uh, and then a flatbed truck turned up and guys in blues helmets just kicked bags of rice off to us. So yeah. That oh. was a really good feed. Oh, okay. Wow. okay. <laughs> Did you eat it with your hands as well, Flan? Yeah. yeah, we fought. Yeah, we fought for it. It was great. Okay. Oh, okay. You know what? That didn't happen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the only thing that's oh, true right. about that is I went to an Ethiopian restaurant. restaurant. Yes. <laughs> Look, <laughs> on our first day back, mm-hmm. uh, obviously needed to catch up with the Gold Coast and find out how bad things were where you were on Christmas night because those storms like nothing else. Oh. Uh, we get to that coming up. Serenity Safe Harbour. Uh, it was great to have them join mm. the show. Thank First you. Well done. show back yeah, for 2024. They are a huge admirer of our Hobart-born uh, Denmark Queen Mary. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that coming up. And Spider, yeah, is in India doing yep. the tuk-tuk trip and uh, he's sending through every day little uh, excerpts. Of his diary. Diary. <laughs> yes. Uh, Tough name, one. isn't it? It's part of the podcast, the first one. And we do catch up with Sunrise Royal Correspondent Hugh Whitfeld. Hugh Whitfeld, yes. He was really interesting. Good. It was really good to learn about, I guess, Queen Mary's journey. Extraordinary, mm. actually. Yes. Uh, some in- very interesting details there. And to, we won't deal with it here, but uh, listen to the show tomorrow because Blissmas is something you need to know about. It's a really special treat for some listeners. It is an amazing prize, that's for sure. I'd tell you what, I tell mm. you who'll need the Blissmas when they come back. Tell me. Spider. Oh, oh the only manicure. Yes. Yeah, oh, the pet, pet, is it the feet's the petty, right? Yeah, pedicure, yeah. yeah. But, it, yeah. I mean, mind you, he's needed that. He for a long time. No more, one will more do it. An angle grinder. No. <laughs> <laughs> he won't fit in a We're flight tank you, either. We're oh, missing yes, you, Spider. Yes, we are. It is the Flan, Alley and Spider breakfast show on 92.5 Triple M Gold. Here's the podcast. I'll tell you what. My why my hair is extra frizzy and I do want to find out what you got up to Ooh. over the break because yesterday afternoon I finally did something that I committed to doing over the holidays. Ooh. Because the whole holidays I was like, I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to go to the beach. Yeah. So many times (laughs) it's not funny. And between moving house and obviously my daughter moved up and I went to Tassie just for four days, all the rain obviously as well, there would have been a lot, you know, less beach going Mm. over the break. I finally went to the beach yesterday afternoon. (laughs) Yes. What time? At four (laughs) o'clock. And it was so, just here at Broad Beach I went to, it was so disgustingly choppy. I almost, I felt a bit guilty because the lifeguards were still there and there would have been, I reckon, seven people in the water. (laughs) In between the red and yellow. Yes, and I I was determined. It was, you know, when you get absolutely whipped in the face by the sand, it was like that. And it was like, I am not going back to work tomorrow 
and I haven't been in the water. <laughs> it's beautiful, yeah. It is actually, the temperature is amazing. Yeah. But I could only go up to my knees because I was too frightened of getting sucked away yes. in a rip because it was like a washing machine. Yeah. It honestly right. was. Yeah, it's not relaxing swimming in that, No, but I didn't care. I still felt great that I finally Got salt water in went your to the beach. Yeah. Isn't that pathetic? We had five weeks off and I... I thought it was eight. No, Al. Felt like nine. <laughs> felt like that. But I, I really did. For, I, I finally felt like I, I kind of was a bit of a tourist on the Gold Coast these holidays. As you said earlier, Flan, I just had three nights staying um, at the Meriton, actually. Lovely. At Surface. Did around you enjoy my, that? I absolutely loved it. I went to, they've got a day spa there called Avea Spa. Yep. Honestly, uh-huh. I felt like I was. I don't know. It was honestly one of the best treatments I've ever had. Shout shout out to them. But, yeah, I I did things like, you know, went to Steampunk for drinks. I went to the Atrium Bar, sang karaoke. I I ate a kebab here over at at, uh, Kebabs at uh, 2 a.m. at Broad Beach. Got rode a line bike home. Probably shouldn't have. But <laughs> it was. I just really. You was, were a tourist. I in actually your own city. was a tourist in my own city. That's awesome. I'm, Fantastic. I'm totally exhausted because I've hardly had any sleep all holidays. It's funny, but I did have a wonderful break. On and the you, other Flynn, side of the coin, I never left my home. <laughs> So good morning. For the very first time mm. this year, Byron oh. Bay's original hippie Serenity Safe Harbour. Mm, just let, finding my centre. Okay, let me dim the lights Ooh, in. Oh, there it is. Spider's yes. mm. absent. Uh, thank you so much because I dim. thought I was going to have to uh, dim the lights myself. Budget cuts. No. Spider's in India, yes? That's right. Yeah. Mm, I wonder what virus will mutate in the hostile wasteland that is his body. Mm. <laughs> his body where toenails go to die, don't they? Mm. Yes, mm. they do. The demand lights in the future. Here we go. My adopted Rainbow Province name, of course, is... Serenity, Serenity Safe Harbour. Correct. One from one. There will be a test. But twas not ever thus, uh, for a golden era in Townsville truck stop, beauty queen pageant history, I was known to anyone that cared as Miss Venezuela, Estella the fella, has knackers. So, <laughs> mm, mm, yes. I know, it's Ooh. a long name. You're laughing at the length of it, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Has knackers the surname. I, I'm not the first person who's laughed at my length. The cross-dressing, crop-dusting <laughs> pageant queen of North Queensland is what I was known as. Okay. So I know how Queen Mary of Denmark feels today as she begins her reign. I do. Do you? I sense, I sense her nervousness, but also her excitement. She's more popular than King Fred. Did you know that? No. This Aussie queen. Yeah, a bit Charles and I. What could possibly go wrong there? Oh, yeah, <laughs> anyway, true. look, the biggest challenge a queen faces, and Ali, I know you know this, mm-hmm. it is? Uh, the biggest challenge a queen faces <laughs> is always being... Queen. What's the word? I'm, I'm almost queenly? sorry I did this to you. Queenly. queenly is a great <laughs> word. I'm as Appropri- queenly as I can be. Appropriate is the word I was searching mm. for. Look, the, the biggest challenge a queen faces, and you know what it is deep down, <laughs> the biggest challenge a queen faces in the early part of her reign is the balls. Mm. Oh, yes. All the incessant, insistent, persistent balls, mm. one after the other after the Very other. Very difficult no to handle. No matter which way you look, you're staring at another one. In a month, you think you are free of the balls, but alas, more balls. Balls, balls, balls for the Queen. Queen Mary, if I may call you that. Balls are what you do for a living now. Charity balls, of course. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would like to call it mm. Spider's Indian Diarrhea. <laughs> diarrhea. Yeah, diarrhea. <laughs> there you have it. Spider's Indian Diarrhea. As named by Ali and Flair. <laughs> yeah, Spider is travelling across India in a uh, tuk tuk. Yeah.
as usual, we ask the question with Spider Everett. Why? But it's a great adventure and a life event, and he's always wanted to do it. He's over there with a mate, Phil the Kiwi, who's a former detective and now a high school teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, a buddy, Paul Taylor from country Victoria. Yep. Um, a fisherman and a hunter. Good country lad, apparently. Um, and he is off on the adventure of a lifetime. And we've got a diary. 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 <laughs> from Spider Everett. We've been travelling for a couple of days now and I suppose the biggest thing around India is the driving of the tuk-tuk, the rickshaw. The rickshaw is such a popular vehicle here, but how do you drive it? How do you negotiate the road? So, you know what, the king of the road, they go like this. The cow is the king of the road. Then you've got the truck, then you've got the bus, then you've got the car, then you've got the bike, then you've got people, then you've got dogs, donkeys... Cats, whatever you have, and then you've got the tuk-tuk. We are the bottom of the rail when it comes to the king of the road. When you're driving in India, you've got to think about this. It is crazy. You've got 360 degrees of people, dogs, bikes, cars, buses, trucks, cows coming at you, and you've got to know how to negotiate the whole lot. On a freeway, you've got cars coming up the wrong way on a ramp, and then suddenly you've got... It's a one-way street, but then it's a two-way street, then it's a two-way street, and it's a five-way street. We don't know what is going on. There's been a couple of incidents that I think, when you're talking about the art of driving in India, this pretty much sums it up. Taz, you driving, when you've uh, decided we'll get up one morning, we had to get into uh, Calcutta. We wanted to get to the Oval. It was foggy. It was quick. But tell us what happened, because this is what it's like driving in India. Mate, this is the closest shave I've ever had in any of my time driving, uh, Australia or anywhere else for that matter. But um, set the scene, it was foggy. We had about 30 to 40 metres visibility behind us and in front of us. Uh, I had a tractor and a trailer on my left-hand side and uh, I was just coming out alongside the tractor, indicators on, all good, and the bus. The buses drive like lunatics up here, don't they? And he was going for a stop in front of us that we didn't know was there. And he cut cut us clean off in half, took our mirror out, just shaved the mirror about six inches from my right-hand shoulder. So him doing 90, drifting into the car park, that was a fairly hairy moment. And a matter of a few inches further forward, it might have been a different ballgame for us all. Absolutely. I was on that side and I've still got the black, black march from the tyre on my teeth because I was crapping myself that much. But the one thing we have learnt about, and this is what I love about driving in India, and it doesn't matter who is king of the road, the only thing I love about this, nobody indicates. And I never indicated home. And I love that in India. <laughs> A page out of Spider's oh, Indian diary. His diary. You know, I mean, Spider, we've heard so many stories about how wild he was in his younger days. But he's actually quite careful and risk averse now yeah. in his, well, he's 49. And just to hear him there saying he's crapping himself, I actually absolutely love this so much. And he would be dead set. I know because you know how he always is trying to work out. Okay, what could go wrong? Sorting this out, sorting yeah. that out. You know, in our daily show life, mm. control freak. He is a control freak. So. I think he's actually going to come back quite a different spider. Yeah, I think 20 days without dim sims will do it. <laughs> yeah. Ali? Well, Australia officially has a new queen and we are so excited to have, I'm, I'm calling him European correspondent, Sunrise European correspondent, Hugh Whitfeld joining us this morning. Good morning, Hugh. Good morning, guys. 
Now, is that what we're calling you? European correspondent? I mean, are you the Danish royal correspondent? Well, I have become over the last couple of days. (laughs) Um, Didn't think I'd be covering the King's coronation in London last year and now a proclamation of King Frederick and our Queen Mary, Mary Donaldson from Hobart, who's found herself as the Queen of Denmark (laughs) in the last couple of hours. What a day. Yeah, normally, look, I know a couple in Hobart called Mary and Fred, and they don't seem to enjoy the same station. It doesn't seem like royal names, does it? Uh, No, look, it doesn't, although having said that, this is the 10th King Frederick. Yes, the King King Frederick, the 10th of Denmark, and they actually alternate between... Uh, Frederick and Christian, so Frederick Christian, Frederick Christian for all the kings. So um, it, it's a very royal name here. Mary, though, uh, something you hear in Denmark, uh, fairly common across in London, of course. Mm. But um, Mary's been on the scene here for nearly a quarter of a century. It's mm. 24 years this year since they met at the slip-in in Sydney. So um, she's she's not new to this sort of thing, but it's uh, certainly a brand-new role for her as queen. Well, we've heard the rumours that, that apparently Mary positioned herself at the slip-in or had some kind of deal with the barman <laughs> that if she saw a black Amex or something across oh, the bar... she would get a phone I mean, call and be oh, alerted. Pretty I unkind rumour, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so I want to poo-poo these rumours and I just like to think that mm. it was just a girl and a guy in a bar yeah. who liked each other. What say you, Hugh, about these rumours? Well, look, if she's gone chasing it, it's worked. Uh, on the flip side, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, good point. What a fairy tale! What a fairy tale! Yeah. So, exactly, and um, he had look, to choose. Think... He chose her. That's right. It's not like you know. He's an intelligent guy. So, however it happened, it's beautiful and it's lasted. They've stood the test of time. Yeah, and I think look, they've got four fantastic kids, all teenagers now. Prince Christian is eighteen. He's now the crown prince. Um, they're a family that are adored by people here. In Denmark, the relationship um, ha- appears to have uh, lasted the, the test of time and, and doesn't seem to be going anywhere, uh, you know, on, on the rocks or anything like that at the moment. Yeah. A fantastic kiss on the balcony today at Christiansborg during the proclamation between Mary and Fred. Um, and, uh, you know, they looked they looked really strong. And, and the people I speak to here say that um, Frederick really needs Mary. Uh, because Ooh. she's the better public speaker. She knows more about the issues that they need to get involved with here. Hmm. Yep. Um, and to a lot of people here in Copenhagen, she's just a mum at the school because the four yeah. kids have been at school here and um, it's it's all very it's all very relaxed yes. when they come to the royalty. You know, there's yeah. no fences or anything. I'm standing right outside the palace now. The lights are on and cars are driving around. It's all, it's all, it's all very different to London, that's for sure. Well, I was right. just going to ask you, you did mention earlier that you covered the King's coronation last year and now you've obviously uh, covered this. What, what are the major differences? I mean, obviously there's so much more pomp and ceremony associated with the English. Uh, what, which do you prefer? I don't, not, not spending my days talking about Harry and Meghan either, which is a bit of a, bit of a relief too. Thank you. Yeah. Um, look, I think there's two, there's, two, there's two big differences. The first one is um, over the last 18 months in the UK, you know, we had the, the long mourning of Queen Elizabeth during her, when, when, for her death, um, which needed to happen, of course. Mm. Uh, but it meant that the start of Charles's reign was kind of, not overshadowed, but, you know, it was kind of affected by the fact that we were mourning the loss of Queen Elizabeth. Yes. That hasn't happened here yes. because Queen Margaret abdicated. She's still around. She's still alive. They get to celebrate her 52-year reign while she's still around mm. to lap it up. Mm. The second thing is that um, 
there just isn't the same degree of pomp and uh, pageantry and ceremony here in, in Denmark. There's no crowns. They don't put crowns on their heads. They don't sit on the thrones that are in the throne room. Mm-hmm. They don't even have a big coronation, and that's the way they like it yeah. here. They like the fact that it's just a little bit more down to earth. They're a little bit closer to the people, and it's a little bit. It's almost a little bit more real. Yes, yes, it certainly is. I was really impressed by that. They don't have a coronation; they have an abdication, which is literally signing a document, and then that is the succession moment. Yeah. So it's a little bit like <laughs> signing up for Netflix. Boom, sign your name, and boom, yes, you're done. You're king. Done. Yep. Ooh. Well, maybe is there a King Hugh somewhere in the wings? Is there a princess <laughs> floating around Europe for you, Hugh? I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking of you, buddy. Well, it's just gone. It's just gone ten thirty. Uh, what is it? Sunday night. I'll have to find a bar open somewhere. Yes, uh, you will. If they're out at that time on a Sunday night, I think you will find a queen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it worked for Prince Frederick, King Frederick. Yes. We should say we're calling him Fred X because <laughs> he's Frederick the Tenth. Like I've seen the like X it. next yep. to his name. So thank you so yeah. much, Hugh Whitfield. Sunrise European correspondent. We really appreciate that. This amazing insight into our new Queen Mary. Thanks, guys. Cheers.